Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, which is 888-729. Well, this is the Dr. Pepper calling line. I'm going to throw it out there. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Um, Keyshawn J. Will and Max is on ESPN Radio, as you know, ESPN2, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers by saying play ESPN Radio. We talked a lot about the Kyler Murray, Chandler Jones performance, and the Cardinals went over the Titans guys. We did not talk a lot about the Titans side of things. What was your biggest takeaway from the Titans in that game, Key? It, it started off with, obviously, the defensive side of the ball. They allowed the Arizona Cardinals to do what Arizona wants to do, uh, put the ball in the air, running on the ground, whatever it was. So it never allowed the offense to do what they needed to do because it took them out of their rhythm. Tanny Hill in, in that offense of that offense wants to run the ball. But when you fall behind like that, now you have to drop back your quarterback. You have to uh, try to play catch up because they couldn't stick with their offensive game plan and, and I think Vrabel could speak to that more so than me because he knows his team. He knows what they were trying to do. But I also know football enough to know that you got that big dude behind you that you're trying to pound the ball to. And you couldn't get that going when you had to drop back to play catch-up because your defense allowed Kyler Murray to do what he does. Yeah, I mean, I, the defense is a big story. Like, and everyone knows Tennessee has a bad defense, and it showed up. But, Jay, when, he, when, when Key talks about dropping back, didn't they get Julio Jones? It wasn't Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, that best tandem in football maybe, right? What was your biggest takeaway so from the game? What's funny? It's just funny that, that, that it becomes a big tandem in football just because they added a name. And, but Even I though kept Corey Davis people, did the same thing last year. With and it. I kept telling people the entire time, Max, that it's going to be the same. They're not changing what they do. But they should be able to do that part of the game better when they have to. If you bring in a dude like that, well, listen, we're going we're gonna to get into a little game called player or brand coming up in a little bit. Jay, what was your biggest takeaway, Tennessee? It, it was probably the sound after the game. And I get the juncture of the game for, uh, for Mike Vrabel, right? I, I get that, you know, there was, they were down 10-0 at that situation. Julio Jones, unnecessary roughness, that penalty, next pass, uh, incomplete pass, then they're forced to punt. And the game kind of took on a different dimension. But – you know, when you call out a veteran player like that, like that, there was edge to that. You were right, Max. There's a sharpness to that. And I don't think every player communicates or kind of combats that kind of response from a coach. Yeah. I think some players, like I would, it wouldn't behoove me to call Keyshawn Johnson out. I, I would rather talk to Keyshawn personally. But if you to did call, call me out, I'm going to call you back out. Well, that's, but, that's exactly why I wouldn't call your ass out. But, but if you do call, if a coach does call someone out, I don't know, there's a, I'm gonna, we're going to play the sound right now. See if you, like, I heard sharpness here, but listen to Vrabel talk about Julio Jones. That's absolutely nothing that, that we coach or teach. Uh, so that would fall into the category of doing dumb that hurts the team uh, right there uh, in bold letters. And what I would say about in bold leathers, what I would say about Vrabel and what he said at his post presser. In the end, it's a run play. Julio Jones is physical at the point mm-hmm. of attack. He dominated the corner. I want my receiver to do exactly what Julio Jones did. 
dominate the defensive back, I mean, not the receiver. Yeah. Get up on him and push him to the ground. Right. Until I hear the whistle blow. I'm staying physical to I like hear the, the whistle blow. You like the physicality and aggression Absolutely. of the play. Right. That's the way I play. You go and you get that dude, that little dude, that dude little, man. Go dominate him. Take so, advantage of him. So it's not just, to me, it's the way he put it. That's what I'm saying. And that's that was that, sharp. That's but that what you're also saying. That's that frustration. From, like Dan is saying, maybe Julio's not practicing at the level. Maybe there's a certain something on the sideline, a way you look at somebody. Maybe he asked for the ball. Who knows? But that, as, <laughs> as an experienced wide receiver that have been in those type of situations, there's something that's there. So, but there are two different things here. One is the way coach said it and yeah. what, might, what may have precipitated it, right? Whether justified or not. But then there's a second point, which for you, Key, is also he's wrong on the facts. Like, if you see that, you should like it, right, as the coach? I would. As I said, he, to me, I, they're running the ball with Henry. It's going to the side of Julio. Julio's blocking. You're taught as a receiver to not turn around and look to see where the back is going. Because if you turn your head and you look back, that back is going to run either run up your legs because you're not keeping your feet going, or you're going to lose sight of the corner. The corner is going to shoot the gap and, and tackle the back of the backfield. Until I hear the whistle, I'm taught to continue blocking until I hear the whistle. So, Jay, I mean, but if you, saw, if you saw the play, you know, I, look, I, I can't determine when Julio heard the whistle or not, Key. But when you see the play, it does seem like there is a little, a little bit extra, extra there. A little extra. Yeah. Julio, but I'm cool with man. extra, though. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm cool. You know what extra does? Extra puts you in your damn place, Max. Mm. Extra tells you that it doesn't matter. Every damn down, I'm going to dominate you. So, for me, for, for Vrabel to come out and pinpoint that one play specifically, I know I could potentially made the game 10-7 to 7 if they had scored on, on that drive. But damn, like that's a that's a hard hit at somebody. If, that changes the dynamic between you and your players. If Julio Jones did what I did one year when I was playing for the Cowboys, and I took four points off the board because I was defending my teammate from a late hit, so I ran over, dude speared the late Terry Glenn. I ran over and kicked the dude off of Terry. That was stupid on my part because I took points off the board. What Julio Jones is doing right there is being physical at the point of attack, which I like. So why – so, Jay, in your experience, I know basketball is different, but you have family who's played in the NFL, mm-hmm, yeah. right? So you have experience also. Um, in your experience, what Key identifies here is, look, for Coach to come out his face like that, when the receiver is really doing what you kind of want him to do there – He's reading something else into it. Exactly. Julio's new on the team. Maybe he's not practicing. He's being banged up recently, et cetera. Is that what you see in your experience? When, you yes. know, so- 1,000%. Something's festering there over time. I mean, even you hear people alluding to it. If A.J. Brown, you know, look, when a guy like Julio Jones comes in to your team, he obviously sets precedent for how he trains, how he works. Right? Nobody ever questions what he does on the field. He will question what he does in practice at times. So maybe if you're Mike Brabo, if you see A.J. Brown, your other star receiver, carrying along those same tendencies or habits during practice, maybe that bothers him. Mm. Maybe it does. It's funny because Julio Jones, by reputation, like if you looked again a couple years ago, the top three guys, Odell and Antonio Brown and Julio. Julio, to me, was like the perfect receiver. Big, fast, could catch, run routes, um, kept his head down, didn't make a big deal in the media, got paid first, by the way, right? Like, he was the guy you really wanted. He was, like, the perfect receiver. But 
even even not playing, even not practicing when you're hurt, as you get older, you really do need to preserve yourself for Sundays, coaches, right? Coaches are weird, though, man, when, <laughs> when it comes to practice habits. or Coaches are just weird. They, they have a, a weird space in their mind with certain guys. When you are banged up and nicked up and that is somewhat on your resume, people look at that, and the moment that you miss a walkthrough, it's like, They're looking for there it. There it goes again. Here, here goes, there it goes this again. Guy There's again. that narrative. Here it goes. Why isn't he on that? Increase the level of Toradol. What's he doesn't like to work. <laughs> Increase the level of Toradol. <laughs> no, but that's that's it, it. It starts that way, right? And then they come. It comes with an edge anyway when you walk in a building. Yeah, they already looking for you to be hurt. But you know, key when you if get, in fact that's one of the issues. Who knows what the issue is? Right. Maybe, but, but it's something. But, it's something oh, yeah. that's rubbing coach but the Max, wrong way behind the scenes. It's got to be. It's Key and I have talked about this before, right? When you're young, you Don't never you, you, <laughs> you never want to give anybody a margin to use against you, right? Like even a margin, especially when you're young. You're trying to pay your way. You're trying to pay your dues, right, Key? We mm-hmm. talk about this. Mm-hmm. But if you're Julio Jones, man, you paid your dues. You paid your dues. So you're looking at Coach Rabel in a, in a different light. Like, hey, man, like we have to talk this through instead of just you calling me out and, publicly. And, and when you look at Julio in Tennessee's offense, maybe they were trying to get him the football and he was getting strapped on certain plays where he couldn't get open. It frustrates the coach because now I went out and got you. We're paying you, and you're supposed to be Superman, and you're not Superman. And now I'm getting frustrated. Then you go get a 15-yard penalty. So now I'm like, well, we want to get him the damn ball and do all this, and he's not doing this, and he gets a 15-yard penalty, and we got our butts kicked. You well, we're going to not only play player or brand coming up pretty soon, but we need to revisit this topic. So I was supposed to ask you, Key, mm-hmm. is he still that dude, uh, uh, Julio Jones? But we're, this is a super tease, okay? We're going to tease it even mm-hmm. for later in the show because we got bills to pay. I just got very interested in the conversation. Keyshawn J. Will and Max is presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or vote. Visit Progressive.com. We thought our next guest uh, has a ton of power in college football. Turns out he doesn't have as much power as Keyshawn Johnson. That's after Jay has this from Granger. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. 24-7 support all day, every day. Free access to product specialists and experienced staff at over 250 local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people even safer. So call 1-800-GRANGER, click Granger.com, or just stop on by. Why did USC make this move now after just two games? When you look at what happened Saturday night, Stanford game, I mean, we got run out of our own building. What should be done eventually must be done immediately, so I, I wasn't surprised. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Let's see. Get, Get him, out Paul. the way. Get him, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Get out the way. Keyshawn called for it on Saturday, and uh, Monday it happened. Uh, this is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on the Goodyear hotline, including Paul Feinbaum. Paul, bet you didn't think Key had more power than you <laughs> in college football. Who knew? Stop, oh, man. Stop it. Especially at Southern Cal. I just figure when I walk in the building there, everyone remembers when I, when I played and when I starred. Uh, Keyshawn, what you did uh, was correct because we, we never should have gotten to this point in time, and you and I have had this conversation many times. You, could, you keep putting off the inevitable. It will bite you, and, and anyone uh, out there who has thought about firing a coach should go ahead and do it today and, and take the lead from Mike Bone because, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a relatively new athletic director. He gave – uh, Helton a chance, but but Helton has been dead man walking for a number of years, Max. He uh, can shake his head knowing everything, but I'm looking at a tweet now posted on Saturday. Stop, Actually, stop. I think it was Sunday morning, technically, <laughs> and I see the peace. So, I mean, when you say someone, when you give them the two fingers, you're saying goodbye. Well, it, it's just one of those deals, Paul, where you, 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 you just said it. At, at some point in time, we certainly had to move on from Coach Helton because – we were not getting the things done that we as a program wanted to get done. Um, and, I, and I heard somebody in the rejoin coming back saying, when you start listening to alums and fans, you'll be sitting with them. Well, yes, certain alums is correct. But in alums that are actually dialed in to the program, I would say you might want to listen to them. Paul, who should be our next head coach, in your opinion? Well, Keyshawn, I think someone that commands attention and respect and isn't just, you know, a figure like like Helton. And I know everyone like Clay Helton. That's not really what this is about. This is about being successful and running a program. But someone like James Franklin at Penn State, he is probably the first name that comes to mind. He's very charismatic. Uh, he he was unbelievably successful at Vanderbilt. He's had he's had really good success at Penn State. They haven't quite broken through. Uh, they, they've come close a couple of times uh, in, in terms of uh, having a legitimate shot at the national title. But Ohio State is usually in the way there. Uh, after James Franklin, uh, I, I think the most obvious choice is the hottest coach in the country today, and that's Mario Cristobal of, of Oregon. Whether you, you, you get him to make that move down the coast, I don't know. And, and then you're hearing a lot of other names. Because Mike Bone, came, he's the athletic director, came from Cincinnati, Luke Fickle's name comes up. I, I think Luke Fickle is a really fine coach, but, but Key, I, you, tell, you can tell the audience better than I can. You just can't take a successful coach in the Midwest and make him work in, in Southern California. So those are, uh, I, I think, I think Franklin and, and Mario, there are a lot of really good names. Some, some of the names that are being propagated, uh, Max and Keyshawn and, and Jay will are ridiculous. You just don't bring somebody out of retirement for this job. You, you go to somebody that can command the stage. And I, I think, I think Matt, I, I think Franklin and, and Cristobal are the two best I could come up with. Yeah, absolutely. Need big personalities, 
people that understand the landscape out on the West Coast to keep our players home. Bryce Young should not be playing at Alabama. DJU should not be playing at Clemson. Stroud should not be playing at Ohio State. Matt Carell should not be at Ole Miss. So when you look at that, when <laughs> Pete Carroll was there and we were winning, or even as far back as John Robinson, we stackpiled players on top of players on top of players like the Ohio States, the Clemsons, the Alabamas do, and we just haven't been doing that. We've been heavy in Texas recruiting our staff is made up of a Texas staff. So all of those sort of things was the undoing of Coach Helton. Paul, speaking of Ohio State, I mean, I watched Anthony Brown just go untouched the other day. And you and I talked about this defensively. I think it was like the first time since 2018 they did not record one sack, one sack. Uh, what's going on with Ohio State? Are they in trouble in the Big Ten? Yes, uh, you have to think they are, and it's and it's on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Jay Will. And, and I've I've heard a lot of people uh, talking about change already. I, I mean, I, I think when you talk about coordinators, uh, it, it's a little bit early. But you know, you just think about what happened in the national championship game. You think about what happened Saturday, and 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 it's and it's really uh, maybe it's been coming. But you know that that that, that was really uh, as bad as Southern Cal was losing to Stanford. I, I think some of us uh, our jaw dropped even more in terms of what happened in Columbus. As bad as it looked, uh, I will give Ryan Day credit. I think he's been spectacular as a head coach for two two years and and two games. But he has to figure out a way to to solve this right now, and he probably can do it because you know he's not going to see a team like Oregon. Or, or an offense like that, and, and and as you guys probably pointed out, that that was not that was not Oregon's best. I mean, they were exactly. missing not Thibodeau. only their not best playing. player, but maybe the best player in college football in, in Thibodeau. So let's 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 look at that and, and think how much worse it could have been. They also were missing a key defensive player, but you know the, the, they they just have uh, you know they, they have stagnated a little bit. But the good news for them is they're, they're not they're not facing juggernauts the rest of the way. Uh, they, you know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Iowa. That's a, that's a Big Ten championship game. Penn State looks good, but it's early. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not ruling them completely out, but they are way back right now. Paul, we obviously saw Texas play Arkansas since that announcement that they're going to be joining the SEC. Did Texas bite off more than they can chew with this one in the SEC? How will they be able to compete? Well, I think it depends on when they when they get in the SEC. Uh, it's a good thing they're not in there right now. Um, so when are they going to get in? It, it, I was I interviewed the commissioner of the SEC Friday afternoon in in, in Arkansas, and and you know it seems like maybe that it's going to be sooner than than four years from now. But I think, and I'm I'm not trying to be Pollyanna here. You guys know me. Uh, I think they can. I think Sarkeesian, with time, can develop the right type of program. He he needs to keep recruiting, and he is recruiting well. You you know him, and you know, he's he's another one of those former uh, Southern Cal coaches like Lane Kiffin, who got fired in the month of September. I don't know what SC has about the first month of the football season, but they like getting rid of coaches quickly. And you know, Sark's reason was a little bit different than than, than Lane's and and Helton's. But but I, I think they can get it done. If I could go back. To, <laughs> yeah, if I could go back conference. to SC for one second. Th- yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, if, if I could go back to SC for one second, though, Max, I, I don't want to put any pressure on Mike Bone, but if he screws up this higher mm. and he's got three months to make it, 
uh, you might as well bury this program because yeah, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah. you can't keep doing this every couple of years. You can't keep making a mistake. You know, Lane Kiffin, uh, I, I'm, I'm, he, he, he just wasn't mature enough. Uh, Sarkeesian wasn't ready. Helton should have never been in the position. Absolutely. But if you go and you get another guy and three years from now we're having the same conversation, then happen. you're dead. I mean, nobody wants to go to your program. Wait, Paul, can, Paul, could you potentially see them bringing Lane Kiffin back? Hey, man. I'm just asking. What? Uh, he certainly <laughs> – uh, I, I, I would have. I think he would be a great hire. I think Lane Kiffin would be a fantastic hire at Southern Cal. He is mature. Uh, he's more mature. He's ready. He he could do that job like that. He just wasn't ready no, he uh, in, wasn't, in 2010. No, he 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 absolutely. I talk to Lane all the time. He absolutely wasn't ready. He was very immature. In fact, when he had when he when he was let go on the tour mat. Him and I had a long conversation about the rebirth. He was thinking about going to Florida to be the offensive coordinator. And I told Lane, I said, are you out of your mind? Because that dude's going to get fired in a heartbeat. And, and so it was between Alabama and Florida. And I'm like, if you don't go get right. a rebirth with Nick Saban down there. But here's a coach that – here's what I think. Dante Williams is a great, fabulous uh, a young man from the L.A. area who's the interim coach there. You don't know much about him, right, Paul? But he's a hell of a recruiter. And it reminds me a lot of the Mario Cristobal situation at Oregon, where you get an interim coach that comes in, does a job, the team likes the situation, and then you keep him on. So don't be shocked if he has an opportunity to become the permanent head coach, depending on how the season goes for him. If I could make a public service announcement for Southern Cal here, Max, if you would indulge me. Please do. Uh, I'm sure he's a wonderful. I'm sure he's a wonderful guy. I really, I, I have no doubt. But, but I would, I would say this to Mike Bone and I, and, and Keyshawn, I love you. But you cannot let commentators and alums make this decision. No, no, any more than you can make the fans make it. I've seen this mistake made before, Keyshawn, where uh, a guy has a good interim uh, session and he gets the, he wins a big game. Uh, we almost saw that with Ogeron, if you remember. Uh, had he beaten UCLA, he may have been the coach. Uh, I I have no, I don't, I don't, I don't know as much as you do. I don't know anything quite frankly, but just be careful. Absolutely. I I think you have to go out and and find and be pragmatic about this and not emotional. And I'm pretty sure Mike Bone will do that as much as you want to uh, be the head of the search committee right here on ESPN radio. Yeah. they. I don't know anything about anything about anything. I stay in my lane. I let them do what they need to do. And that's it. I don't know anything. I work here at ESPN. Yeah, Coach O is having success. Well, I mean, uh, Keyshawn, you say day. that, but 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 you're responsible for firing Clay oh, Helton. So just go ahead and, and put that on your conscience. But, uh, I got the evidence right here. He's red-handed. We got quickly, the evidence Paul. right here. Oh God, you guys need to stop. The great Paul. Uh, so so don't don't give me the don't show up at Helton's farewell party and say what a good man he was. You fired him. <laughs> I help hire him. What do you mean I get fired him? He's, he's pouring he's out the drink. Both. Paul. He's pouring get it out. More to Coach for, Thank get you for more your time. from Paul and Keek. He will join the Paul Feinbaum show today, three thirty PM <laughs> Eastern on SEC Network. <laughs> And the ESPN app, Paul Feinbaum's, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football's back, so are the fans. Crack open an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, slap on a fresh coat of face paint, and return to glory with an all-new season of Fanville uh, by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Paul, thank you as always. Um, Told you to stay up. Do we have time for a call right now? 
I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> you said the tweet. Right. No, that wasn't okay. me. Somebody Let's take my Twitter. <laughs> so Chris in Houston has something to say. Who knew we had time for a call, but apparently we do. What's up, Chris? Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? What's good. Up? Well, what I wanted to say about USC is, um, well, you know, I, obviously I think the uh, I have three names real quick. I'll run through them, then I'll hang up and listen. But the first name, obviously um, – the first call's got to be to Lincoln Riley. Say, here's a blank check, write down a number, come be our head coach, and bring Malachi Nelson with you. It's a great idea, if right? Key air no. raid offense? <laughs> Go, Go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Well, I, I think, well, real quick, the, the other two names, if he says no, I think you got to call Matt Rule with Carolina. And then if he says no, I think you're in the ballpark of, of uh, you know, may, maybe Holman Wiggins. At Alabama, maybe a young, unproven guy, but um, I got to tell you, Matt Campbell. I'm, I'm a big no on that because Matt Campbell's 36 and 29 at Iowa State, and they're going to run him out of town at USC if he does that there. So, key, uh, quick, just, th- thank you. I'll, key, quick response. That was Chris in Houston. Quick response to his suggestions. No, 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 and no. Mm. What don't you like about any of those ideas? Just we're still early in the process. We just got rid of the coach last night. What about an NFL coach, like an assistant coach like Biennemi or someone like that who hasn't had a head coaching mm, job? There's, there's going to be a lot of names that are going to float out there, Max, and much like Paul said, three months, we're going to take our time, and we're going to look, and we're going to find the right guys. And one of the priorities for people from SoCal is going to be, can you recruit in the area? Well, right? You got to gotta be able to recruit. We got to put a net. Keep them home. We got to keep a net around our region. A huge win for John Gruden and the Raiders on Monday Night Football. Um, so Key's going to tell you, <clears throat> is Gruden still a good coach or just a big brand? That's after Sports Center. Yeah, huge win for the Raiders on Monday Night Football. We're going to play a game um, with Jeff Saturday in a second called Player or Brand. But first, Jeff, what was your reaction to the Raiders' uh, overtime win? Man, re- resiliency. I mean, if you if you think about the Raiders, I, I'm not sure about you guys, but when it first started, it looked like they might get boat raced. And then they uh, they stayed in there, man, battled. Their defensive line, uh, they get the game ball. I mean, those guys, they flat out got after the Ravens. Uh, they shut them down on, on in situational football on third downs and fourth downs, created turnovers. Like, they did it all. And, and they flat out got after Lamar Jackson. So give them, those guys a ton of credit. And then, and then Derek Carr, man, like he saw they're going to stay in man. They're going to try to heat him up and bring blitzes. He found a way to bail out and make plays late. And, and that's a huge ask on, those, on that Ravens secondary. I mean, you think you're going all the way through four quarters and overtime, and you're trying to stay in man on guys who run four twos and four threes with deep overs. That's a lot to ask on them. And so ultimately the, the, the Raiders find a way to get the win. Huge win for those guys, man, to start the season. So I, I want to play a game. Uh, I want to call player or brand. And the inspiration came from Key talking about the, the UCLA win over uh, LSU. Ah, that's just a brand. And I thought, and I heard that that's from Key a couple more times. He's ta- <laughs> he talks about, like, well, that's really just a brand. So I, I want to try this. Player, meaning does this team or players still have it? Are they still a player or just a brand name? Okay, we're going to mention some big yeah. name uh, players and coaches in the NFL and figure it out. And let's start with John Gruden, Jeff. Player or brand? Oh, um, I'll, I'll start with player. I mean, for, for whatever reason right now, he's getting his guys to go and play. And, and I know they've had, they've had a rough run, but, but week one and, and you come back from, uh, 
from being the deficit that they did and, and, and you know, kind of clawing and scratching your way, uh, maybe they found their way. And I'm telling you, their defensive line is legit. They can get at it. I thought their offensive line played well uh, against the Ravens for the majority of the game, and they had some slip-ups. But So I'll say, I'll say he's getting them better. Yeah, he, I, I would say the same thing, Jeff. I think right now he's a player. If you ask me prior to this game, what would he have been? He would have just been a brand. That's why he was I hired agree. with the Raiders. But last night he falls into the player category. Jay? I, I always say players, right? But doesn't it feel like it always fluctuates? I mean, last year – Dan Graziano yes. brought it up when they when they beat Kansas City, you're like, oh, player. And then they didn't sustain, and you're like, oh, brand. And now I feel like, oh, we're a player. This, Let's see a sustain, Max. This is, the answer is player for exact reasons everyone's identifying, and this is exactly why last night was so big. Because yeah. if he would have lost, brand. Brand. But he won. And why is that big? Four and 12, seven and nine, eight and eight. Every year they get a little better, and then they beat a yep. very competitive Ravens team week one when they a lot of teams would have folded eventually. They yeah. kept – by the way, a lot back. of players were hurt for the Ravens. Can we no, keep no bringing doubt, that up, please? Like, yeah, they, they weren't absolutely. full strength. No, no, listen, you, you, don't, you don't decide who you play. You just play who's in front no, of you, and the Raiders line. are still very good. Player or brand? Jeff Saturday, Aaron Rodgers. Player? Come on, man. I mean, like, like let's not – don't jump off that bandwagon that fast. I mean, he, he has a, a tough question. day at the office. He played bad. I mean, this is the MVP last year. He will get it back on track. D- don't sleep on him. I mean, this, this guy, if you're betting against him, you're betting the wrong bet, bro. Yeah, I'm just moving along with yeah, the thing, Jeff. It's, it's, it's certainly yeah, a player. Yeah. That's my fault for asking the question, <laughs> guys. Yeah. That's my fault for asking the question. Was I expecting anyone to say, you know what? I saw a game of Aaron Rodgers. He's no good anymore. Okay, but how about this one? <laughs> Odell Beckham Jr., player or Ooh. brand, Jeff? I think he is player, and I think he's about to show the world why. I mean, I know he got held out last week coming back from that ACL. This guy is going to take the Browns' offense to another level. I'm telling you, with the play action and what they're going to be able to cap- or capable of doing, blocking it for Baker Mayfield, OBJ is going to be a deciding factor. And I, I know everybody's kind of written this guy off. He is still a player, and he will show up this season. See, I think he's still a player, but he 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 is leaning – toward that brand side of things because when they went out to get him, he was supposed to be a major difference maker for the Cleveland Browns. Obviously, bad coaching contributed to him not being able to do that. Then he gets hurt. So right now, they're hoping to him for him to come back healthy and give them what they paid to get. But right now, I'm kind of stuck in between player and brand on OBJ. Yeah, out of sight, out of mind, right? What have you done for me lately? We haven't seen Odell be at his best last time we saw him on the field with Baker Mayfield, right? That chemistry seemed off, but he's still a player, man. You watch the videos of him training, like, this, damn. This boy. is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say brand. It's not that I don't think he can still – he's may, maybe he's still a player, but now I need to see evidence. I have a lot of confidence he can deliver, but it's been a long time. I thought he should have been the best – receiver in football this whole time let's talk another about about another best receiver in football player or brand Jeff Saturday Julio Jones now I would say brand for him uh because of you know listen for OBJ for me he's out for an injury you can't really you can't really I mean you can't put that on him last year right there's nothing you can do about that part the Julio situation for me it's like consistent nagging injuries that keep showing up that kept him off the field last year 
So you got to show me this year that you're still that guy. I think he can be that guy, but I think he's, you know, he is living on the reputation of being one of the most dominant receivers. And look, I picked him to be, um, you, you know, one of the undervalued, you know, secret steals this season. I'm hoping he plays it up, but right now he's right on that brand side for me. Yeah, he's on the brand side for me too. I think it, it, the best Julio Jones years are behind him. Can he still get it done fully healthy? I think so. He has to find his groove within the Tennessee's yeah. offense. This is not the same guy five years ago from Atlanta. Much like you mentioned, Jeff, a lot of nagging injuries, a lot of different things. And he's in an offense that Arthur Smith ran the last couple of years in Tennessee, who's now the head coach of Atlanta. So we saw in the game last week, they did not nearly target him nearly as many times as they should have. So that tells me yep. right now he is a brand guy. Yeah, I would say he's a brand, but he still will have glimpses that will make you think he's a player. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Ooh. Blake Griffin. Like there are times when I see Blake Griffin, I'm like, man, that's, that's Blake Griffin. Post rising Giannis. And then, yeah, yeah, and then other times you're like, man, that's Blake Griffin. So I, I think that fluctuation of those moments still make you jump. This is, this is tough, and maybe we need to rebrand the, the segment because he's a player in the sense that he's still really good. But I have to say brand, because what we mean by player or brand is, does the brand still mean what it used to right. mean in reality? Mm. It doesn't. The Julio Jones brand meant that's the dude you want out of everybody in the league. It ain't that anymore. It's not that anymore. So I have to say brand. Real quick, lightning round. Player or brand, J.J. Watt. Jeff. Oh, I'm going to say player. You just saw what happened with Chandler Jones, five sacks. Don't sleep. Don't think that J.J. Watt didn't have something to do with that. You still got to block that cat on the inside. What he can do and the challenges he presents for guards and being able to pop over even on top of the center, it will allow other players in that Arizona defensive front to, to, to flourish. So I'm going to say player, because of what I know he does, from the brand side, he's not going to be the same guy like his brother. But he is still a player. Don't sleep on him on the inside of that Arizona Cardinals defense. Yeah, see, Jeff, I got to go the other way. I think he is a brand and a reputation player at this point in time in his career which means a lot. If I took Jeff Saturday and I lined him up at center, everybody would be like, oh, my God, that's Jeff Saturday. But that's not Jeff Saturday in year five. That's Jeff Saturday <laughs> in year 18. So that, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yes, he can, he can uh, get the attention of double teams and things of that nature, but that's more built on reputation until he has a double-digit sack year and hitting running backs in the backfield, pressuring on the quarterback – it all is going to be right now is reputation and brand. Yeah, I would say brand. Just need him to stay healthy. Yeah, brand also. He's still good. Like yeah, he's Julio, still good. Yeah. he's still good. Yeah. But J.J. Watt used to mean one of the best front seven dudes who ever played. That is not him T. anymore. J.J. Watt means what J.J. Watt used to yeah, mean. Not even. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, J.J. J. J. was different that. level. J.J. was different level. I mean, he's one of the, I think, Bruce Smith, Reggie White, I think like those guys. The great Jeff Saturday, ladies and gentlemen. That's a player right there. Good luck this weekend to the Tar Heels, Jeff. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you too. Hi, <laughs> Jay <laughs> Will. You a dog, bro. <laughs> Jeff Saturday on the Goodyear Hotline. Andy Dalton has a revenge game against the Bengals, but will it actually be someone else who gets the revenge? That's after Jay has this from Goodyear. It's our favorite time of the year. That's right. We're back traveling the road for college football. And Goodyear knows the passion and excitement it takes to drive forward. Whether your team is home or away, the game's traditions are still the same. Through every first down, touchdown, or fourth quarter comeback, by moving, anything is possible. Goodyear is here to drive you forward on the road that moves us all. Goodyear, more driven.
The Bears are a really tough outfit. Great job by the team being able to get the win tonight. It was tough to kind of get into a rhythm in the first half. We only had four possessions, but we were explosive in some of those and, and made some big plays. What a play by Van Jefferson to be able to get up, have the awareness to finish that. More Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max next. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's l e c t r i c ebikes.com. Uh, we are asking on the Dr Pepper call-in line 888 say ESPN 888-729-3776. Who is the NFL MVP? After week one, Keel give us his top five MVPs after week one at nine ten. Matthew Stafford is one guy who's definitely in the MVP conversation after the Rams opener. On the other side, Andy Dalton's in a different conversation, uh, like about to be benched conversation. So Matt Nagy was asked what Dalton offers that Justin Fields doesn't at this point. Here's his answer. After seeing Andy Dalton live, I think what Bears fans want to know is what does Dalton give you that at this point Justin Fields does not? Well, that's a good question. I understand it. But when you look back and you say, and after you're able to watch the tape and see where you're at, you, you, you know that, you know, we talked about, and I, I brought it up in regards to producing and scoring touchdowns and, and winning. And so we're always evaluating that. But I thought that Andy did a pretty good job yesterday of being able to, you know, get the ball out to guys where he needed to in certain situations. I, I You look back and the biggest, the biggest error that he had was that interception to start the game. And sometimes those can be big ones because that's a momentum deal, right, on third down. So, you know, without getting into the, the comparisons too much, I just think that right now when we're evaluating Andy that I thought he did uh, a good job of being able to put us in, in good situations and then using Justin when we did, Justin did well too. I mean, what what's coach supposed to say? We're using Andy Dalton as a tackling dummy because that's really you, what you want is a dude who's going to take those hits behind that bad <laughs> offensive line and, and key, maybe beat some of the teams you're supposed to win against, right? Game manage, make some third down throws so you can actually win some games. Max, when I'm looking, I'm just looking at the clips there against the Rams, he just don't even look right in his uniform. It just doesn't it doesn't inspire me. But what I would say though, if I'm if I'm Matt Nagy, saying all the right things, you know, you 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 were up against it against the Rams anyway. You're gonna have Aaron Donald in your backfield every single snap. But if you wanted to go and start Andy Dalton week two against the Cincinnati Bengals, I'm okay with that. But you must know that there's a very, very short leash on Andy Dalton. 
So the moment that it starts to get away, you need to pull it. You need to pull it, insert Justin Fields, let the Justin Fields air move forward. Jay, earlier in the show, Key's point, which swayed me about starting potentially or, or using Justin Fields at some point in that game against the Bengals is the division's 0-4. This is a winnable game. You look at the schedule. You don't want things to get away from you. So ideally, Andy Dalton gets the experience, gets you a win, but if you see the game close, maybe starting to slip away, you make the move. Are you good with that, or do you want to just start Justin Fields? I'm all about starting Justin Fields. I'm all about starting the best player. And Justin Fields is the best player. Now, I think he's hindered. And if, you, if you're George McCaskey, the chairman, if you're Ted Phillips, the CEO, or president, you have to be paying attention to what is the scheme that Matt Nagy is running. Right? Because I think scheme has a lot to do with it. Watching the way last year he coached guys like Mitchell Trubisky, Nick Foles. Like he vouched for Nick Foles getting him in. Nick Foles' time was done. It's almost the same with Andy Dalton. Like, so I'm paying attention to how, like, what is your strategy? Like, are we actually throwing the ball? Are we throwing the ball? Like I said, only two pass attempts for over 10 yards. Only two pass attempts for over 10 yards. Every other NFL quarterback had four or more in week one. So the scheme to me just seems archaic. I don't even know how Justin Fields can thrive in a scheme like that. Ryan in Tennessee on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. You got 45 seconds. Go. Yes, um, Justin Fields is going to struggle if you put him in an archaic scheme, something that was designed 20 or 30 years ago to get, you know, when your pass plays getting five or 10 yards. Uh, this age in the NFL in 2021, you need to be able to average pass plays of 15 to 20 yards. And uh, you got to develop a scheme that is designed to, to, for Justin Fields to run and hit plays that average 15 to 20 yards, or at least five to 15. Exactly what I just said. Uh, uh, it's it's one of those deals with Matt Nagy's the offensive coordinator is supposed to have the the great mind. They could design an offense to fit Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. They know he's not Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton is a statue. Guys, I I just say this about Justin Fields. Key, you don't like throwing around the word great, right? I understand that because greatness takes so much time to achieve, and you need a resume for it. But So let's use the word excellent in terms of the level of play week in and week out for now. Difference maker. I think that Justin Fields is a difference maker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved him this year for the Giants. I loved the Bears move up to get him. Jay, I hear you with the urgency. He's the best guy. The Bears have never in my lifetime had a, an excellent quarterback. He could be the one. They cannot get this wrong. Whatever they do, they got to be thinking of the long term. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, ESPN Radio.